Paging Dr. Siler, Paging Dr. Siler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We have our megalennial in the house, Nikki Ward. And this just in, Justin Kenny is here. The gang is all here today. All right, Nikki. Sup? The artist of this song? Van Halen. Oh, my God. Sammy Hagar. No. I'm Trapped. No comment. He, that Tool. rhymes. That was close. Trapped. Trapped. Oh. Trapped. Uh, you know, Justin and I are, are 80s rock and roll fans so same um, clearly yes. <laughs> and so nikki hears us talking about greatest guitar players that's and the thing like she did answer well because the chances that that van halen would have been the answer is pretty good i went with know? statistically likely statistically speaking she she that was a wise choice on her part well speaking of statistically speaking okay i like it the quarter has ended <sighs> by the time you hear this the first quarter has ended not too bad. Now, let's give you a reference point because we are recording this the last day of the month, which is Friday, March 31st. It's about 2.30 p.m., so we have an hour and a half left in the market. So barring any weird things going on in the last hour and a half of trading, we're going to have a pretty decent month. In fact, the NASDAQ is going to have an incredible month. I mean, NASDAQ stocks in general, the big ones, yeah, really. Right. And this one, the, um, the NASDAQ 100 cap-weighted did way better than the equal weighted. Yeah, the equal weighted is only up, I think, like 1% or 2%. Yeah, barely. It's because the big boys came back again, the FANG stocks. I mean, Meta. Their back hurts from carrying Meta, the team. Meta, NVIDIA, with Meta's Facebook, Apple. NVIDIA. Apple had a good uh, first quarter of the year. 26%, by the way, Apple up. Yeah. 26%. I was yeah. feeling pretty bad December 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling okay yeah. now. Yeah. Feeling, so let's talk about what's going on here. Uh, so we are going to end up having a pretty good quarter. The Dow Jones, not a great quarter. Flat. Yeah, up 0.4%. It was meh. It was meh. Eh. Well, I mean, 0.4% kind of stinks. It's not anything to write home about. It's better than down for. Yeah, that's that's the truth. I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Hey, anything up. Perspective, right? Okay. Perspective. Uh, S&P 500 is going to be up over 6% for the quarter. NASDAQ up 19. <laughs> and the Russell is down for the quarter. That usually is like a sort of... they Slightly. They act in opposite of each other, you know? It seems to me like whenever the market's sort of... Kind of not really doing much. The Russell seems to be safe haven, and maybe vice versa. I also think that half of the Russell aren't even profitable. They're so nothing. The, the, it's, yeah, so they're it's not, like, not on anybody's well, radar. No wonder you're not doing well. Well, that's why you got to look at the, the – I think the Russell's probably your small caps. 
not a bad place to put a small part of your portfolio. Could be timing wise. But look at some of the funds that look for yes. profitable companies because right. we have some that we actually use. Is there alpha small caps? Is yeah, there no, there is a, say, yeah. there's I mean, a small cap fund that we do use at, at their screening processes. They must be profitable first. Yeah. Of all. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's something that you want to look for. Um, so, you, you know, for the for the week, we've had a pretty good week up uh, to and a half percent, roughly plus or minus a little bit. Russell was up a little bit this week. But for the Q1, let's talk about sectors because, you know, it's something to be said about sector growth and what's happened here. Um, communication services has absolutely crushed it, up 18% for the quarter. Because this isn't your mom's uh, communication No, services. it's not AT&T. Right. It's Alphabet. It's Lucent. Exactly. Yeah, Lucent. SPC. What happened to those? Um <laughs> Information technology, IT, we knew that. Semiconductors had a pretty good quarter. That's uh, 17.8%. And then consumer discretionary, which- uh, Tesla. <laughs> that, that is considered. It's their biggest holding, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the leader for the quarter. And, and Tesla's had a pretty good quarter as well. And we're going to find out this weekend. Um, is it that? By the time that- first? Yeah. Okay. So we'll, they're going to give us their uh, delivery numbers. So by the time we air, the Tesla yes. numbers are going to be out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, well, no, not their- Their deliveries. Not the, yeah. Okay. Earnings will be earnings. out though. They're they're out early too, and they're out uh, second week in in April, April, just like everything else. Yeah. Is, actually, when things start, I think Bank of America starts on that Tuesday. Yeah. A week from tomorrow, as you're listening to this. I can't believe we're already here. I, I really can't. I can't Tesla's believe- that week. Okay, but March felt like uh, six months. You know, the thing is that there were points in March that felt like they were about a year, mm-hmm. and then points that all of a sudden you were just like, I can't believe it's almost over. I can't yeah. March Today long- I was like, wait, it's Friday. March felt like a long month to me. And look, the Fed came in they raise rates the uh the next meeting is may 2nd and 3rd right. so we'll know the fate of interest rates on may 3rd right now there's a 55 percent chance all those can change really quick there's a 55 percent chance the fed raises rates 25 basis points there's a 45 percent chance that they pause so you're pause, saying really? there's a chance i i tend to think they got one more in them and we'll talk about um the pce number that came out that's going to maybe assist them in making, but it's certainly the evidence that we are looking at and seeing and, and things that are reported by the government are showing that inflation certainly is going the right direction. Yes. Finally. It, it's not quick enough, but it's going say, the right direction. I was going to say, not nearly as fast as we um, hope. An, an inflation gauge that the Fed follows closely rose slightly, uh, slightly less than anticipated in February. It's the Personal Consumption Expenditures. That's the PCE Price Index. Now, excluding food and energy, of course, nobody uses that. Right. Uh, that's we don't need food Why and would we track food and energy? I don't spend food any energy. of my budget on that. No. no. It increased 0.3% for the month, according to the Commerce Department. The figure was below the 0.4 Dow Jones estimated and lower than the 0.5 that rose in January. So sequentially, they had a pretty nice decrease. On a 12-month basis, core PCE increased 4.6%, a slight deceleration from the level in January, including food and energy. The headline PCE increased 0.3% and annually about 5% compared to 0.6 and 5.3. So certainly they came in better than expected across the board. Uh, The softer data came with monthly energy prices decreasing 0.4%, while food still rose, though, 0.2%. Goods prices rose 0.2% as well. And um, but all in all, not a bad report. I got a notice this week that my my power bill. I guess my wife is is uh, she budgets so that it's the same payment. Right, they do the level of billing. Ours dropped. It's going down, which was bizarre to me because our AC ran a fair bit during the winter months this this 
you know, past winter. Winter. Winter, I know. <laughs> in know, the Sunshine in the State. Central Florida, that, that four days of the 50s we saw. I'm trying to think if we put the heat on or not. I think we did maybe one or two days. I know we did, but my wife, she'd have the heat on right now if she oh. could. She's always cold. <gasps> I know. I don't get it either. So according to LPL Financial's Jeffrey Roach, he said that the inflation trend looks promising for investors. Inflation will likely be below 4% by year end giving the Fed some leeway to cut rates, he believes, by year-end if the economy falls into a recession. Um, I, I st- I'm in the camp. And I've said this. I don't think there's going to be multiple cuts, but I think you get a little December. Something. I think you get a Christmas gift. I think the Fed will start seeing the data deteriorate enough, and whether they decide it's inflation or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my cardiologist is calling me, Dr. Funny Guy. <laughs> Oh, just man. further did, proof you do have a heart. I do have a heart, yeah. yeah that, I, I was I'm always expecting shocked him to, to be the out. call in as proof <laughs> that the stock doctor actually does every have time, a heart. Every time they call me, I'm on, I'm on the line, so uh, we'll see. I'll get back to them. Um, so, look, I think that the 2% inflation goal target. Pipe, pipe dreaming. I think that's a pipe dream. I don't, I'm not sure if it'll ever get. I don't. I mean, th- it doesn't it ever feel. get back there. I don't know. I don't like to do ever's. You know. Well, the thing is that, like, wow. honestly, if it did get back there in a very, very short amount of time from now, it's because we got bigger problems. It yeah. Would, it would be like because we're using ammunition and canned goods as as currency. Well, I mean, you're obviously we've talked about this before. The hourly wage is going up everywhere, but you got to be careful what you wish for, because just recently we Disney who made this big announcement that their minimum wage now is going to be $18, mm-hmm. laying off 7,000 people. Right, right. Okay, An sure, we'll bump 7, it up. 000. Yeah, that they've already done. And now a lot of it's coming from streaming and all the other. They also got rid of their metaverse division. Yeah. I know Lee's very sad about that. It didn't that. work out too well. Uh, met- what? They had a metaverse division that they just completely folded, mm-hmm. as did Microsoft. I wonder if that was the, uh, well, I mean... Who who's last this year? Matter? Last year, that was the all the rage. Well, they were talking it about a, it so much. People, theme. you know, Zuckerberg dumped a ton of money into into the metaverse. I mean, he even changed the Facebook's name to Meta. Right. We don't even have legs in the metaverse yet. No, yeah. that was a mistake. And who, you know, who lives next to to Snoop Dogg in the in the metaverse? That's the real that question. One? That's well, that's what the, keeps the N- me up NFT, at night. The NFT for yeah, the yeah, that property. was a, that's a joke. And now the the big talk is AI. Every every company, every tech company has mentioned AI, AI, AI. Um, Nvidia mentioned it twenty seven times or something in their conference call. So anything just like the metaverse when it got started, everything is going up. That has something to do with AI. So the semiconductors, the big stocks like Microsoft had big moves. They also though Apple's are backing OpenAI, which is the company behind ChatGPT. So they at least have something that is consumer facing that is proof that they're not just all talk and no action. Yeah. So there is that. Well, look, and, and I'd rather invest my money or clients' money in something like Microsoft that has, that that's a small part of their whole portfolio. Mountains of cash. They've got mountains of cash, a small part of the portfolio. I saw something that an analyst is suggesting that Apple buy Disney. I've I've seen that. I've been, and you know, I looked at the market cap. Disney's market cap's like $190 billion. Mm-hmm. Of course, Apple's... Is, trillions tr- uh, well yeah well two and a half trillion or something mm-hmm. um it's made a run here so maybe a little bit i just don't see this the last thing that I apple bought was beats by dre they're not gonna uh, yeah. uh, are they gonna co- now do i see apple buying the streaming service if if disney was willing to part and parcel right. and also probably espn they'd yeah. probably have to throw that in there as well. i don't think disney's willing to part with the streaming no. service no 
Especially not because they just got punished so hard as far as their stock price is concerned over being treated as just a streaming company. It, it would feel like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, nothing about this makes any sense to me, so I, I, I don't foresee it happening. Well, Disney market caps uh, 181 billion. I thought it was 190, but 181 billion. And uh, Apple's market cap currently is 2.6 plus trillion. With a I T. think they could afford it. I mean, you know, they don't have the cash <laughs> position they used to, though. They don't. Yeah, they've spent down. The talk was they would do a stock deal. I don't think Disney's going to accept that. I don't think so either. I think Disney would be laughing. I just don't see the whole. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't, well, I, don't, I don't foresee it happening. I will say though, I'm very excited to see if we get a headset out of Apple. Yeah, they're working June, on that. June, June 5th. They're working on that, and I mean, is that going to be? Is that, is that going to move the thing? needle? Is that going to move the needle? Wait, wait, wait. A headset. What are we talking about? A headset, like a like a so meta like an universe augmented headset? reality, yeah. virtual reality it's, headset. It, didn't we just talk about everybody dropping meta and getting out of this? No, but the augmented reality, I guess, is really great for for porn sites. Yes, that's I'd imagine that's so. That's I can't think. Of, to be honest, I can't think of a single other use for it. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know. I really don't know what else you'd use it for. Either. No, I, I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. Okay, whatever. Speaking of ten foot poles. Let's talk about <laughs> great transition. That's why. Super subtle. That's why he's the chief. Okay. No, I, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the month of April because by the time you're listening to this, it is it's the April. month of April. And, and April is National Financial Literacy Month. And yes, yes, folks, nat- it's National, National Financial Literacy Month. And we are going to do our part. All right. Let's do our part. I'm We're going to do our part. And we are going to do everything in our power to educate. And we will educate in using several different mediums. We will use the podcasting medium. We will do our back to our hump day market updates on Wednesday nights. We will do Ask Us Anything uh, web uh, Zoom. Zoom meetings. Zoom, Zoom meetings. calls, right? And we can even jump in the metaverse. And we will. Yeah, I'm not going to the metaverse. <laughs> and I need, I need my legs. Although I do have chicken <laughs> legs. I, I never noticed. Yeah. I'll be looking now. I'll be looking now. I do have chicken legs. Um, But we're going to do everything in our part to help educate this month. And we think it's very important. And we we believe that we we do a pretty good job trying to educate our clients. We just don't manage their money. We do explain things to them and explain the method behind our madness. And what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to kick it off right now. And I think we're going to take it right to basics. And basics is retirement. Why do people mostly, most of the reasons people invest is because they want to supplement. They're actually responsible and want to supplement their Social Security. Yeah. They don't want to rely on something that is basically, you know, questionable when it comes to solvency now. And and yeah. And Nikki, I think the uh, the numbers used to be like a third of Americans. What percent do you think of Americans today? Solely. Ninety percent of their retirement income is dependent upon Social Security. I think it's a third. It's lower. It's lower than it's that less now. than a third. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, okay. I was expecting it to be more, to be honest. So it's 12% of men and 15% of women that are over the age of 62. Okay. That's the amount. That 90% that of their income comes like from Social Security. All in all, what that is. That's not 27%, is it? I mean... No. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure. Okay, I'd it. like to find that out. But um, that is interesting because I know... I've heard of family members and people that they live on Social Security. Yes, for and they sure. barely get by. Well, and if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail, and so you should never have it. No longer is the rule of thumb where you can rely on Social Security to be a sole income stream in retirement. You need to have the stool. 
approach where it's just one leg. <laughs> gosh, you guys are awful. What? Oh my, what? a bar stool. Uh, hang on a second. <laughs> the stool approach. I don't know. I got it. Well, I have a bidet. It, yeah. Okay. Let's let's hear the rundown on the stool approach. So there's three different prongs on a stool, a bar stool, or whatever legs. Legs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so one of them would be Social Security. That's one bucket. Then you've also got a pension, or you've got something that you've put away for yourself for your retirement that you can pensionize yourself with an income stream. And then you also have your investments that you can start drawing income from as well. Okay, so let's let's um, assume here, and we're going right to the basics, and assume any listeners out there don't have a retirement plan at work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that stinks for them. I mean, that's really an important part, and we see people every day, and where most of their dollars are a first of all, most of their money's equities tied up into their home usually, mm-hmm. and secondly. It's their 401ks. Yes. That's a big contributor to their retirement. So if someone doesn't have a corporate spend, uh, sponsored plan, right. you, an IRA is the bare minimum. Sure. You can do IRAs so easily, and there is tax advantages to them. To jump in, if you are a small business owner, this is something that you can implement that's efficient, it's easy, it doesn't cost you anything, and then you can also retain top talent by offering a competitive benefit, such as a simple IRA. Well, not to mention the fact that if you are the business owner, um, chances are you haven't had enough of an opportunity to put money away in this Right, you got to retire too. Right, I mean, honestly, and I know it's tough. I I know a lot of business owners spend all of their focus on just reinvesting in the business and Mm -hmm. and trying to keep people employed, but- This is part of that, though, if you think about it. Here's my, my problem with it is that even though they have been- aggressive in raising the limits for contributions on your IRAs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you started at 2000 Right. And it sat there for years at $2,000. a long time. And now, and right now, for, let me give you the numbers for 2022, because if you haven't filed your taxes yet, you do have until April 15th that you can benefit and use this for your 2022 taxes. So if you are under 50 years old, you can contribute $6,000, if you are 50 or older, you can do $7,000 for 2022 tax year. So if you haven't done your taxes, we can also do that here in the office, Portfolio Tax and Accounting. It's a uh, sister company of ours. Uh, Jared can get your taxes done, and you can put a lump sum of six or 7000 whichever however old you are, and put it in an IRA, which we can do that for you. And depending on how much money you make, you can either deduct it from your taxes in a traditional IRA or if you're eligible for a Roth IRA, you can also open a Roth IRA. And speaking of Roths, the limits are the same for Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me just, we're going to talk about the differences between the two. But this year, tax year 2023, those numbers on IRAs bump to 65 to 7,500. So my, my problem is we already know that people don't have enough money to retire on, uh, the majority of people. Yeah, and pensions Why are wouldn't the government the just say, listen, we're going to put a, they're doing it for simple IRAs. They're doing right. it for 401ks. If you don't work for a company that does that, give them the same limits. Right. Let them put 15000 a year in. Right. Yeah. Right. To me, well, that's just stupid. There's, it's no skin well, off of anybody's nose. Why, why not do it? But because for the people that do have a corporate sponsor plan, they can still have IRAs. Yeah. So that's why. They don't just allow people to. I got it. But, but the, there are people out there that don't have a corporate sponsor plan, and they can only do 7000 and, I also think and, that and just in today's day and age, it's absolutely absurd that 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 barrier or that barometer is so low. Right. That that sounds like absolutely nothing. nothing. 
Yeah. Now, 401ks in 2022, uh, 20,500. The catch up, which is a 50 year older, it was 27,000. And that's going to uh, 20 in 23 to 225 uh, and 30,000. Yeah, 30. Uh, the simple IRA is what we have here. And the employees that contribute, they get a match of 3%. Uh, for 22, it was 14,000 and 17,000 for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm the only one. Because you're old. Because I'm old. Uh, next year, it's going to 15.5 and 18.5. So, I mean, these are really, really nice plans. And you could put money away and you could self direct them and do, uh, you know, we, we house ours at TD Ameritrade. So you have the entire universe that That's TD offers. Important point. An important point that I want to spend a few minutes on. I want to spend at least discuss it. The plans that you have through your work, they're amazing. They're wonderful. The reason that they do so well is that you're set it and forget it. You're putting money in every month or every couple weeks or however your employer has it set up. Mm-hmm. And the market's up. You feel great. You right. see your money growing. The market's down. Your money is going further. That money that you're putting away every month is buying more shares. And okay. Exactly. And most people that I know don't even look they at. They don't watch it. Statement. But that's the reason they end up with right. so much in it. Correct. It's that <laughs> invisible investing. Invisible exactly. investing. So let's get. Uh, there are these plans we've talked about. Most of them are what we call tax deferred. Right. Uh, there is the exception of the tax-free plan, which we'll discuss, Miss CFP, but. An IRA, a traditional IRA, a traditional simple IRA, or a SEP, or a 401k, those all come out, let's just for the most part, generally pre-tax. Mm-hmm. It's a tax deduction, so you get that now, the benefit, as opposed to when you pull the money out. I want to break that down even to the simplest sure. terms. I want to discuss pre-tax and what that means. When you are with an employer and money comes out of your paycheck and into your 401k, the, the most part, you're not paying taxes. You're not paying income taxes on the amount that went into the plan. It's not included you're, in your income at all. Exactly. Right off you're, the top. You're just reducing your taxable income and you're not paying income. Mm-hmm. So let's break it further down the ridiculous. Go ahead. Okay. You make $100,000. Sure. Let's just say you're going to pay 20% in taxes. Effective mm-hmm. rate is usually around 22%. Let's so make like it easy. That, sure. Okay. So if you don't put anything in your 401k, you're paying $20,000 in taxes. If you put 10000 away in your 401k, you yeah. probably get a matching benefit, probably. Hopefully. And that comes off at the top of your income. So it's right. 100000 less 10. You get taxed on $90,000. $90,000 That saves you 2000 in taxes, and you put 10000 away for your retirement. Right. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? You... People, look, there are a lot of people out there that probably live paycheck to paycheck. Well, of course. Even if they have that. So they may, even if they, if you could only put $50 a month, 25 whatever the number is, do it. Because most of the time, if you are getting a match, you are leaving money on the table. Yeah, you're not I was going to say, at least, at least, at least, please look into what your company is willing to match with these 401ks because you, you would bare minimum want to put that percentage of your income away so you're not leaving money on the table. Additionally, for every year, you can set it up as an automatic increase where your 401k contribution goes from being 4% to 5% to 6%. So that way, it's the nudge theory. It's that I'm not going to go right. through the trouble of getting out of that kind of saving, but right. if I'm already in it, I'm going to do it. I like that nudge theory. Yeah. So, I mean, IRAs, 401ks, all great. But Okay, so wait. So you pre-tax, pre-tax. contributions. So then they grow. 
it grows what they call tax deferred. Right. Remember, you have not paid taxes on that money yet. So Uncle Sam hasn't had a bite at all. And this is why they require now at 72 years old, you start withdrawing from your IRAs, 401ks, those type of uh, retirement funds. A required minimum distribution. It's a required minimum distribution, and you must start taking out. But in the meantime, you can let it grow tax deferred up until then. And something that I like to point out about this is that it's with the idea that when you are in retirement and therefore drawing from these qualified accounts, you're doing so at a lower tax bracket than you would be while you are in your accumulation phase. That's a valid point. You're not you're not drawing the the funds out of your retirement while you're still working because you're just effectively clicking up your tax bracket when you do Mm -hmm. that. So when you retire. So you do uh, withdrawing these funds, and it does come out as ordinary income. It's Mm -hmm. not capital gains, right? So you are getting paid. Nikki said is hopefully you're in the lower bracket at that point. Now, the one tax-free caveat is the Roth IRA, and they also have a Roth 401k. Mm -hmm. That money comes out after tax, Right. right? So you don't get the benefit today. You don't lower your tax burden today, but that grows. You've already paid tax on money. That grows truly tax-free. Yes, and when you pull it out. It's tax-free. It, yes. And as long as the account has been open for five years or longer and you're 59 and a half. You know, I have a uh, caveat. I like it. Well, it's funny because- well, That's the freaking tax code. For Rule. years and years and years, I've never seen really large Roth IRAs. You just don't. I mean, I've bumped into them. We've bumped into it oh. once or twice. One we of our see, clients- We've heard of Peter Thiel. Right. <laughs> but one of our clients has the enormous one because they yes. were really, really smart early on. Savvy. Um. But that's the largest Roth IRA I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Well, in person. And it was a it was a rarity. Yeah. I haven't seen another one like it. And, and you could convert your IRAs mm-hmm. to Roths, but you got to pay the taxes up front. So there are things that's probably another episode as far as Roth conversions. The best time to do a Roth conversion was last year when the market's crumbling. The market was right. absolutely smoked. Right. Or if you, and it, this is tragic, but say you were to lose your job and you had no income for the year or you as a business showed you know a loss or not a lot of income, those are the years to do it because it counts as income in the year that you convert it. Yeah. Uh, so which one is best for you? Let's talk about it. We have to, well. Right. It, it's obviously a very complicated topic and there are, so many different caveats that it's important to talk to someone who knows what they're talking about. And if somebody's doing a 401k but they want an additional retirement plan or something else to do some of their saving, they call the office 407-831-8002. Talk to any one of us, and we will take down some information. We will do a profile on you, which we have to do for every client, Mm -hmm. and determine what is best for you. Right. Okay. I like it. It's my favorite part. Yeah. You like that? I like getting to know people and just talking with them and going through the profiles. You, you do have the bubbly personality. You know, yeah. there are parts of it that I love and there are parts of it that I, I hate. I mean, I don't love asking people, like, how long do you think you're going to live? Exactly. That's probably like, not my favorite. How long do you expect to live in retirement? Well, the reality <laughs> is this is a question that we need to ask. Right. Do I like asking it? I mean, if <sighs> both your parents died at 59, right. you probably don't have a lot of longevity. Well, you know what the truth is? If both your parents died at 59 in the 60s, you may have longevity because everybody was smoking and nobody had blood pressure meds. And And I will say that the one common refrain and worry we hear from people is that, am I going to outlive my money? They're going to live longer than their money will. Right. So it is super important, but it's not my favorite. All right. Let's talk. uh, We have a a listener question. Uh, Jack from Orlando asks, the market seems to be moving higher the first quarter. If a recession hits... Will it derail the market and cause it to go back down to the lows? Which is a, a 
big fear for a lot of people. It, it seems to be a hot button. It really does seem to be a hot button. When we start to see, when we start to hear the R word pop up, it doesn't slow down. It, it you start hearing it more and more and more. You know, I keep hearing a lot of the uh, experts on CNBC. That a lot of people, and I kind of mm, that's think, a loose term, experts. No, but I kind of think that like, this is possible. <laughs> that it has been maybe a rolling recession. Yes. Different segments of the economy have recessed, and <laughs> you know we have. Right now, earnings are going to be down. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's So we are, I think it's inevitable to say that we're going to see a recession in earnings. It, they have to. Corporate profits are at an all-time high. They've got to come back down to some semblance of earth. They have been supercharged by COVID and the liquidity that we pumped into the system. So that has to happen. But can we do that without the sky falling? Can we do that without banks failing? Can we do that without people getting concerned about banks failing and then doing a bank run? Here's... Can we keep people rational? Here's my absolute like outlook on this. It, it is a key word. It's a hot button. It is a, 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 a thing that the media likes to, to throw out there to keep us oh, it's locked. It's red in. meat. Exactly. I feel like the R word, we saw a recession within the last few years. It was yeah. short term. Right. I think that what Lee said is probably a little bit more accurate. We are oh, bouncing yeah. in and out of, of recessions that are sort of... Um, what, what's the word? It, 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 sectional? They're, they're, uh, you know, we're seeing it in this industry. We're seeing it secular. in that industry. Secular. We're, you know, but the reality is that I'm not so scared of that. I think that it's a word that people use to try to generate fear and to get listenership and to get people to pay attention to what they're saying. You know what? To keep in mind, though, the markets usually bottom before a recession is actually hits. But if we have jobs that, that are needing to be filled, is a recession as scary as it is it's when— not, because we exactly. still have 3.6% right. unemployment. Exactly. So is, is, it, is it this giant club that's waiting to bonk us on the head? No, man. If you want to work, get out there and find work. If you want to spend money, go make some money to spend. Right. There are jobs. I'm not scared. Well, Jack, look, to answer your question, uh, could the market— Sure. You always have—look, on an annual basis, you, you usually have— Three five percent pullbacks right. mm-hmm. in an annual basis. So that the, leads me to believe that it's not out of the realm of possibility. You get three five percent pullbacks this year. I actually think and it's probably a ten. I, yeah, I was gonna say I think it's more probable than not than to, not to, right. to expect it. To be honest, to be honest, I feel like no lie to me. Well, okay. I'll, I love I'll when people that say that. Honestly, I'm like, no, oh, I'm great. not saying. Do you, you want me to be honest? The rest of the time? I'm not saying. Do you want me to be honest? I'm saying I'm hitting you with exactly how I feel, and the truth is, I am more concerned about inflation than a recession. I just, I sort of am right now. I feel like. Oh, and I think the Fed is too. Right, uh, and I think the, that that's the Fed's real. number one goal is to curb inflation. They hope we don't go into a recession, but they've never happens. done it. They've right. always, they've always gone too far, which they probably have this time. So. Um, Jack, I, if you are nervous with the market, far be it for me to tell you to stay in. Um, you need to maybe do some things in your portfolio that give you some kind of peace of mind. And there are some investment opportunities out there. And with that, I will also say, Jack, those pullbacks and those reversions back to you know potentially that October low, those are opportunities to get in. It, I'm not saying to get a full position in, but if there's something that you're eyeing that you think is attractive as far as a company or a stock or an ETF, those would be the most opportune times to take advantage of that. I mean, think about this. If you, we weren't full bore this first quarter, as aggressive as we could have been. No. no. But yet if you weren't in the market, you missed out on a 5% quarter. For right. sure. And that's a big number. Five percent, yeah. Heck yeah. Considering I was thinking the market for the year is going to be up 8%-ish. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So I mean, the truth is, you still may see an eight percent year. You still may. You, know? you still may. But you know, we have a it's lot of things going It's going to be tumultuous no matter what. I think we can all agree there. I, I think the market's telling us. The market is saying the Fed is going to pause soon. Um, I don't think the market's actually been listening though. They well, I think that's what they're looking forward to. I mean, I think that once you start lowering rates. It's on with growth. Oh, yeah. Then you got to go back to growth. And I think that's uh, something you start doing maybe now. Yes. Let's look at some growth. Um, anyway, it's been awesome being with you guys today. Uh, keep in mind, April is Financial Literacy Month. We're going to do our part here at Silo Wealth Management to help you guys out. If you have any questions about your portfolio or anything else, give us a call, 407-831-8002. That's 407-831-8002. We hope everybody has a great week.